0: Folks, welcome back to Beer and Business. Oh, my God. Who's back in studio today?
1: Mr. Winnie. Mr. Winnie. Yes, back in town.
0: Back from your, uh, you know, month vacation. Yes,
1: cross-country expedition.
0: Yeah. Today on the show, we had Case Lane. And Case is a really interesting entrepreneur. She started off as a Canadian diplomat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, don't you know? Yeah, oh yeah, eh? <laughs> and and she ended you up bet getting, you. <laughs> yeah, you betcha, <laughs> don't you know? And <laughs> no, she ended up getting her MBA and then her JD and got licensed as a as a lawyer, but ended up as a as an entrepreneur, which you know, I guess it was a calling for her all along. But we mm-hmm. had a really interesting discussion with her about all kinds of stuff. But one of the biggest questions we asked was, "What is an entrepreneur?" Yeah. Well, are you curious? I am. Well, let's listen to the conversation and find out.
2: Welcome to Beer and Business. You found the best podcast for entrepreneurs. We serve crafty business knowledge, comedy, and yes, beer. And now it's time for our hosts. If he were to pat you on the back, you'd list it on your resume. It's Jake Mullins. And his beer never gets warm. It just sits there, staying frosty, waiting for him. Mr. John Winnie. And if you spell his name in Scrabble, you automatically win. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Darren Flanagan.
0: All right, Case, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, so you're joining us here in Sin City today, Las Vegas.
3: I am in Las Vegas where it's nice and hot. And uh, yeah, slowly, I think coming back, has lost still a lot of people in town.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, excited to talk to you Case. Case is a uh a serial entrepreneur. She's written more books than I can count and uh, we're <laughs> going to have a really fascinating conversation with her, but before we do that, we got to get down to the business of this podcast, which is Oh, like Lion Creek, Creek, beer. Creek beer. Yes. Oh, the oh, official yeah. beer of the Beer and Business podcast. I know Case that you're not in studio with us, but I wish mm-hmm. you could try this. We have a new beer this week called okay. Renegade. It's it's a dark lager. This is literally as dark as night. Like it there's what would you say, maybe half a lumen of light coming right, through right. the glass. It's, it's it's pretty dark. But it's amazingly refreshing. Oh my like, god, it it's, tastes like a it drinks so much lighter so crisp, than it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Four point two it's like, it's more. like you, it's like when you see Mike Tyson, you see this monster of a man and then he talks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: and it's just
0: like, oh, it's gentle. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This so is, this yep. is so good. They're releasing this, uh, this weekend, I believe. Yes. Yeah,
0: so so. Uh, if you're, if you're in the uh, Atlanta area, you need to try this beer. It is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually try to keep my dark beers for like, you know, the winter months. Right. But this I could drink all year round. It's so smooth and easy. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And we have a new, new Cheers, guest boys. here with us. And, uh, we have case, that. I understand that uh, you have a beer.
3: Yes, I, I did. I, I, I grabbed a beer just to make sure, you know, might be in, in the same atmosphere with you guys.
0: <laughs> well, listen, we're not going to tell anybody it's nine o'clock in the morning where you're at because it doesn't matter because it's <laughs> Vegas. So right. you probably right. haven't There's seen no a clock here. since you got mm-hmm. there. So you're good. <laughs> so, so Case, I'm really fascinated to hear your story. We, mm-hmm. we, um, we talked yesterday a little bit, but I really have no idea how many books you've written. You've, you've written fiction, <laughs> nonfiction, and, uh, yeah. you seem like yeah. you're a serial entrepreneur supporting our entrepreneur, um, through, through coaching and all kinds of stuff. So I got to yeah. step way back and ask when is it that you realized that you were unemployable and had to go out on your own? <laughs>
3: <laughs> when I kept going into major professions and then leaving. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the, the quick, first, it's 19 books in seven genres. Uh, I'll say that up front. And oh my the, God. the quick oh. version is uh, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. You know, what people say you're supposed to do go to college, get a job. So I did that. And the first book, I'll just go quickly through it. I was a diplomat in the Canadian Foreign Service. I originally grew up in Canada. And and then I spent my time working with business people on trade policy and decided i need an MBA. So I went to UCLA. And then I uh, went into corporate and was spending my time talking to lawyers. So I decided I needed a JD and went and got my law degree. And in law school, I started ebook self-publishing. I'd always... I'd started years 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 earlier at one point i dabbled in re- as a reporter worked for some small newspapers and i um started doing ebook self publishing and i was so fascinated with this service that amazon provided allowing writers to go directly to readers like wow what a novelty no more middleman yeah. and this actually exists now across all of online business you have the ability to just take your idea directly to the people who could be looking for it and I got into that you know, while in law school, I was you know, publishing books and, and it t- led me down the whole path of online business around websites and landing pages and all this terminology. I had no idea what it meant in the beginning. And so when I finished, um, I did graduate and I, and I actually passed the bar and I have my license. I am a, a lawyer, but I decided to just keep doing what I was doing, which was to stick with online business and just continue down this incredible opportunity road that that's in front of us now. <laughs>
2: Not much of an overachiever is she.
3: No, <laughs> I, I'm tired just listening
0: to the the Reader's Digest version. version of your education. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. So please tell me that your books do not read like a contract. <laughs> no, because <laughs> <if, laughs> as soon as I read a notwithstanding and all, I'm out.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's OK. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so
0: so I got to ask because and, and I haven't read any of your books yet, but I, mm-hmm. I plan on it. Um, you've written both nonfiction and yes. fiction. Which one did you yes. start with?
3: I started with fiction. So I had actually written probably, oh, I don't even remember when, sort of a political thriller, you know, very, I'll just say loosely based, here's the lawyer part coming in, very loosely inspired by my foreign service years. And I started there and I actually had that book. So when I was looking at Amazon, how to do that, I I'm just going to put this book out there because it's already written. And then I went from there and I just continued to write fiction originally before switching to nonfiction around the work that I was doing as an online business person, building up my entrepreneurial career and so on. That's my nonfiction is, is mostly focused around entrepreneurship and having the life you want and, and that, those types of themes, happiness, (laughs) those types. So I, I did start with fiction.
0: Just remember, okay, she said fiction. So, yeah. so all this stuff that you read in there, Hillary, just just remember, it ain't true, okay? Those are just allegations
2: in a fiction book. I think a lot of people have written fiction. It's called a resume. <laughs> uh, <there's> <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> I've read a lot of fiction, huh?
0: Imagine that. Who knew? So, so, Case, at some point, uh, you became really fascinated with this idea of entrepreneurship.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So was that when you were in school or is that when you got out into, into the real world making money? I'm like, when was it when you when you realized that this entrepreneur thing was, was really your calling?
3: It was way back, I would say, in grade school. I didn't know. I, I knew I wanted my own business. I didn't know it was called entrepreneurship. I didn't know what that was. Uh, I didn't know what the entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial road was or anything like that. I was just like, I want to be in charge. <laughs> you know, I just want my own business. And even though I ended up working for other people, as as happens when you sort of follow this so-called uh, be, you know way to do things, the re- real life road, um, I never fully enjoyed it. I always learned everywhere that I went. So I, I did work with great people in different places, and I I learned a lot from them. But as you could tell, I kept and I I dropped like big jobs. You know, as a diplomat, I walked away from that, and everyone's like, you're crazy. It's a government job. Are you crazy? Um, but I was like, no, I want to try something else. And, um, and then in corporate same thing, you know, I, and so everywhere I was, I assume I could still be there today if I had stuck with that particular career, which for a lot of people is a lifetime career. So what, did you, part- what was your mm-hmm.
2: first like business venture on your own besides <laughs> publishing an ebook? Like, did you, uh, I mean, you said you've walked away from, you walked away from mm-hmm. being a diplomat. You've walked away mm-hmm. from a corporate job Yeah. to do what?
3: Oh, each time, so. I kept going to different professions, working for other people until I went to law school, started ebook self-publishing, and then transitioned that experience into my current business, which is helping entrepreneurs get started. Because I ended up having people asking me what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I also realized that this whole world of what's going on with online business is wide open right now. I know some people think, oh, it's saturated. There's, you know, the gurus are all so famous and, you know, there's no other information mm-hmm. anybody needs, but if that's the Opposite. I mean, there's so many people who are interested in getting into online business and have no idea where to start and no idea what to do. So that's where I came in and that's when I started transitioning to doing things like online courses and things like that.
2: So you have an online business that teaches people about online business, <laughs> well, that, it's, double entendre right there. I, it's, it's,
3: I, I actually say it's, it's called double Jeopardy people. or something <laughs> like that, I think,
0: frankly, or whatever. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I, I mean, you know what? The, I, you, we say online business today, but in, in not too soon in the future, we're just going to say business. It's just, mm-hmm. the, you know, the internet yeah. is just another infrastructure tool that we all use. So when well, <laughs> you
2: created that business, the online business, like you're like, I want to teach people how to do this. Mm-hmm. What was your first big step you took towards that? And what was your first biggest mistake you made when you did that?
3: Yeah. Although oh, only the first mistake. Okay. Um, so we'll start with the, when I first looked at it, what hit me was I had been writing and trying, you know, doing the different things with writing and playing around with marketing and ads and all that kind of thing. And I decided I need to go to a conference. I need to talk to people because uh, where I was, I was kind of being, um, a laptop lifestyle entrepreneur moving around a bit. So I just didn't have any network around me of people to talk to that were doing this. So I started going to conferences and I was at a conference and I was uh, sitting, listening to a, a woman talk about how she built her business, which is called Succulents and Sunshine. And of course, I'm thinking, what is a succulent? And then I'm looking <laughs> thinking at the, pictures the same thing. And the, and I, I derived from plant. the pictures that it's some kind of plant. Uh-huh. But but what struck me was she was said she was the one person who knew nothing about it. That it was just she got this plant, didn't know what to do with it, and started researching and built this whole business around this thing that she knew nothing about. And then it, it struck me, it was like, Wow, wow this is what people are doing and, and so i started to reverse engineer what i'd been hearing and really asking people okay what well, you know what was your inspiration how did you do this and so on and so it it hit me that yeah I, I want to make this transition as well to actually having an online business. I'm going to focus on, at that point, I didn't know. It wasn't nothing. It was just the fact that I, you know, they say, turn your mess into a message. That's where the point where I was at at that point. Mm-hmm. I had gone through so many different things and looked at courses and read a bunch of blogs and looked at videos online. I, I get going to aggregate this information for other people who are starting out in this this game of online business to help them understand. So I would say that was about a year into this journey, well, a little more than a year. I'll skip the part where I was actually in law school doing stuff. But from the time I sort of finished all of the lawyerly credentials, I did a law fellowship and things like that. But if I finished that and decided to just work on the business full time, from that point, um, it was mostly writing, setting up a blog, and then about a year later is when I went to the conference and this idea hit me that okay, this is what what the core is for so successful businesses is this. Idea of bringing the information together. It's not that the information is not available; it's all out there online and everything, but it's bringing it together in a way that people can find it and actually presenting it in a way that makes sense for people. That's how you build the business, and that's what I started working on. Very
0: cool. Yeah. So, I think we're in a very interesting time right now, mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. post COVID. You know, obviously, this has changed the world in in many ways, but I think it's forced a lot of businesses to think about technology differently. Yes. You know, I mean all you have to do is is look at Zoom as the primary example. Like how many mm-hmm. companies are using Zoom now as ways to try to, you know, augment, you know, things that used to happen in person, but I think a lot of businesses are starting to go back to the drawing board and figure out, you know, how does digital work? And I'm at this point now where I struggle to to believe any business shouldn't be online, quote unquote, yes. or yeah. digital. And I think the question is not whether or not I'm launching an online business, it's how mm-hmm. does technology fit in the business. Yes,
3: absolutely. I I was having this discussion every, well, the other day with with, um, with one of my clients around this concept. So they're they're buying a brick and mortar business, but our com- whole conversation was what does the online piece of it look like. Mm. And it's one of these things where you say, okay, I always start with people around. You know, where do you we we're, we're, what platform do you actually like? <laughs> so for, if you like to write, then we're going to do blogs. If you like podcast, you know, you like to talk, we'll do podcasts, whatever. But th- we have to think of, you know, we've already got the business idea in this particular case. So what is the platform? And then it's about around creating the content. And I think the same thing applies to every business, because again, you, if you can put together that additional information that people need in a way that makes it really easy for them to get to, and really, especially if it's niched down in some way, um, that's that's the business. And you can put it against any business that exists out there right now, and I'm sure they're all looking at it for sure, like you say, because. This is the future is, is to have make sure you have an online presence of some kind that is actually delivering value, that that's going to be your business going forward.
0: Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I, I think that it, regardless of your business, like if you're in plumbing, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, uh, and I was talking to somebody about this not long ago, you might think, well, geez, I, my business isn't online. I go mm-hmm. and I fix people's problems or I work with builders or whatever. But yeah, you may not be doing, quote unquote, e-commerce. You may not think of yourself as an online business, but more and more companies like that are are looking at, you know, some sort of funnel generation, uh-huh. some sort uh-huh. of way to, to create leads. Most of those coming through, you know, Facebook or, you know, some sort of online conversion platform. Uh-huh. Well, you've got an online business.
3: Yeah, Absolutely. If you can think of how to present your offering, then you've got an opportunity to differentiate yourself. So you know your town's full of plumbers, but you're the plumber who provides um, short videos on some of the DIY stuff. I mean that be, that might sound crazy to people, like you're throwing away money. But you know you But if you provide people helpful information, who are they going to go to when they need the big jobs, right? And there's or there's so many other things you think about little pieces. Selling the parts, uh, whatever they may be. Um, if you want a little e-commerce store as part of your your plumbing business, and then providing the, I'll say, I'll call it consulting service <laughs> around, you know, how do you use those parts, or or why you would need those parts. I mean, there's just so many different ways that you could take it, and uh, that is what the opportunity is. But people have to think about this. They have to think about what they can offer and where their value is. And I think for a lot of people, that's the biggest challenge is is putting together that offer and just try, thinking. Well, I just do this one thing and nobody really cares about it. But you can really put together a solid offer if you thought it through. A
1: huge opportunity to to uh, build your brand, really mm-hmm. to expand mm-hmm. your brand.
3: Absolutely, that's what this is all about. Now that's what's going on. Yep.
1: I want to go
0: backwards, case because yeah. one of the things that you said that really stuck out at me in the beginning is you talked about the fact that you knew early on that you wanted to be. An entrepreneur, yeah, and you've had it sounds like you've had some great jobs mm-hmm. and we've actually heard other people on the show um, talk about the same thing. who was it that originally coined the the term unemployable was it Dennis <laughs> Was it Dennis Lankus? Was I he the first was. one? I think it was. Which, which it was one of those things that now everybody we talk to is like, yeah, that's me. I'm unemployable. You know, I get in mm-hmm. a job and it's like, I just don't fit. Yeah. Is that how you felt when you got into these, these great opportunities? Did you feel like you just couldn't do it? Like it wasn't meant for you?
3: Actually, and I I don't want to sound snotty or anything, but it was kind of the opposite, like that I wasn't getting the work that I could do, that I was, I could do more and I wasn't going, and it was such a long road to promotions and things like that, especially something like the Foreign Service is this old story History and everything has to follow like the slowest path possible, and there are uh, you know thousands yeah. of and, and, sitting around. And I mean, again, It takes just
2: long enough for everybody to figure out exactly where right, they have to get, to get sit on the elevator.
1: Yeah, exactly. And who's this? And we can't put this person. I thought it was there. like all the Tom Clancy books. That's all for service.
3: Yeah. See, that's the why. That's why I write the thrillers because I like. Where's that part of the story? Yeah. I'm right. gonna have to change. I gotta change what actually happened and uh, <laughs> write a fiction version of what should have been going on. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> this idea of this person making decisions quickly in yeah. in stories doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. You need an yeah. intergalactic steering committee and <laughs> it's gotta go through council and come back mm-hmm. out to the, you know, mm-hmm. the subcommittee. <sighs>
3: yeah. And and that's when I was overseas, actually, I joke with people, if I had been able to stay overseas in small postings, I might have lasted longer because when you're overseas in a small post, you do get to make quick decisions because there's no one else around. So they say, we need your country's official position on this. You're like okay, where's that email? <laughs> like, right, right. Our official, and you're like sending this a letter off to the office of the president. Uh, yeah, we, we, we believe this. Um, but then you get back to headquarters, which in Canada's case is Ottawa, which is the equivalent, it's the capital of being in Washington. And you, yeah, you have to then go through, every decision has to go through all the committees. Every federal government department seems to need to weigh in on everything. And then in Canada, we have every province needs to weigh in on everything as well. Um but it was even more than that yeah i get the politics and all of that but i the old way of doing business for companies and this is the challenge that all companies have now is when you have people who are really enthusiastic and ready to roll and want more responsibility and want to you know move forward If a company actually wants to keep people now, they're going to have to offer that. You know, they're going to have to figure out a way to give people more challenging things to do. Uh, I did get a couple of things that were great experiences, again, when I was overseas. But when I got back to headquarters and it was just, you know, and you could just see this, oh, I'm going to be here forever. And yeah, I'll make ambassador one day, you know, and I'm like, I'd rather just move on. Learn a whole new world, which was corporate America. Um, yeah, I have to say, earn a lot more money, and and then what? Again, I, I rose rise up to a certain level within a company that doesn't really have a path for you to go any further. Your best option is always to leave, and and you know if you do something. Uh, you continue to rise, they'll probably want you back at some point uh, in the kind of position that you would have loved to have had in the first place and and would have stayed if they had recognized that you could take that position in the first place. So um, it was, again, Great people, good experience. Took everything I could out of every job I've ever had, uh, but the whole time, uh, the best opportunity for somebody like me is to work for myself, build my own business, build, run my own teams, and and really be able to use all of my skills the way that I want to.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. Anybody listening to this podcast right now that's a, that's an entrepreneur is going to relate to what you're talking about because mm-hmm. this is the thing that that drives. This is the thing that drives the entrepreneur nuts mm-hmm. in in a work environment. Entrepreneurs by definition see opportunity where it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, they see a process or like we can do better than that, or they see performance and like gosh, we could we could do more. You know, there's there's a new product we could mm-hmm. launch. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're always out in front thinking of new ways. Yeah. And so often big organizations just throw a cold wet blanket on that. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta slow it down yeah. just like the Canadian politics, don't you mm-hmm. know? Okay, so you gotta slow it down and yeah. gotta go back to committee. Yeah, There we go. It's
3: Manitoba <laughs> again <laughs> stalling. Oh, <okay. laughs> my my uh, my last corporate job was in Hollywood. So you, and you think, oh, Hollywood's full of creative people. Yeah, except on the operations side where I was on the in the you know I'm in the, in the business side running the, behind the scenes, and but I was. Ex- and I still am, of course, extremely interested in in what was going on with The Clash, you know, in terms of technology and the studios and that whole world. Everything that's happened now that everybody sees now, I was fascinated with what was happening back a few years ago. And I said to someone in HR, which is probably my mistake, that I would like to start presenting (laughs) (laughs) presenting myself. You know what? Darren
0: has said that same sentence many, many (laughs) times. (laughs)
3: Mm -hmm. Jeez, Um, I thought HR was there to
2: help us and be there for us. I didn't know they were reporting back to all the others.
3: Well, that's the thing. Like they just I I said, you know, I I want to be speaking on panels. I'm really interested in this topic. I'd love to get out there and network with this industry and all on this, like, oh, oh no. No, no. Oh, what would your supervisor say? Oh, they—they're gonna, you know, oh, you're gonna have to clear it with like 17 people, and, and I was just mm-hmm. like, that's just crazy, you know. Um, you have nobody right now who's doing this. Nobody who's interested. Nobody who's representing the company. Nobody who's who's positioning the company as a thought leader on these things. I'm saying I'll make myself available. I'll do the research. I'll do all. You know, and I'm getting all that pushback. So that was the kind of thing that just really rubbed me the wrong way whenever I, wherever I worked. Hmm. And
0: yeah. I, I had, I got to tell you this. I had a, uh, an opportunity. I'm not going to name any names here cause I don't want to get sued. Um, but I was in a position where I, I was, uh, trying to do some music industry, uh, mm-hmm. music festivals. Let's just mm-hmm. leave it at that. And the company okay. I was working for, they had a model of doing things and I had a company agree to do th- something differently, which would have made probably 20 X the mm-hmm. amount of profit that. They had made on these similar types of events in the past and they didn't want to do it. And finally, at the end, I like I pushed back to, you know, my boss, the CEO, I was really driving because it's like, guys, we've got an opportunity to make way more money than we ever have before. This would be an absolute game changer to the company, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, the answer was we just don't do it that way.
3: Yes, that's another and one. <laughs> can you? I'm like,
0: oh, my God, like <laughs> I got the shakes.
3: Yeah. You know, somebody that's yeah. that's
0: always trying to improve and find new ways to do things like you just can't give them that answer. It's like it, that was the no. moment when I knew like, yep, I'm not going to stay here.
3: Right. You know, just, exactly. Exactly. That hits you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just don't what, do it yeah. that way. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not, I, I you know, I mean, we're not the way that makes school? money. Yeah. Mm-hmm you <laughs> know what, <was that?
0: laughs> what you mean the way that makes money we don't do it that way hmm, weird yeah. business
3: yeah we Legally, don't like, money and yeah, we don't we're like leads and we don't like growing our audience
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's just crazy but that's the kind of stuff that you know it, it's funny i think that a lot of times entrepreneurs find themselves in business not always the path that they thought they were going to take mm-hmm. like i'm sure when when you got your your mba you probably mm-hmm. weren't thinking that you were gonna end up writing all these books and having the business that you ended up with, but sometimes the business just finds you. Yes. Because yes. you're you're rejecting all of this, you know, well, you can't do it that way, or right. you can't take that path because it's too fast. Or right. you know, you're oh. thinking outside the box. How dare you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> the box One of the questions that are, a lot of entrepreneurs ask are they're thinking about it, right? They're, they're, Oh, I'm going to start my yeah. business, yeah. but it's, do you make the leap after you quit your job and do it? Or do you set up the, basically mm-hmm. the basic structure of your business mm-hmm. and get it going and then transition out of your existing job into your new one. And and, mm-hmm. and nobody there, I know there's never a right answer for that, but when you're working with people, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you guide them through that?
3: So I look at, it's basically two things. One is everything's a question of time and money. So how fast do you want to do this? How much do you want to spend? And and then the money, money, money issue is the other big one. Why are you staying in your job? You, you hate your job and you want to start your own business. Mm-hmm. Why would you stay? Because you don't have any money or you have to pay the bills or something like that. So really, I, I just take it down to, bra- to brass tacks. I say, look, okay, if you're afraid to walk away from your job because you're afraid of money, then you're going to do this on the side. You're going to do it in your evenings and you're going to do it in your weekends, but you're really going to put aside the time to do it based on your timeline that you're looking at. So if you think, oh, you're going to let it drift out for a year or two, then yeah, you're not gonna commit. But if you, you say, I need this done in six months, then every free minute you've got is going to be on your business. So you can say, okay, I want an, I want my business up and running and replacing my current salary within six months, but I'm keeping my job in the meantime, okay, fine. But then you're working on the business all the time. So it really comes down to that. What kind of a commitment do you want to make? You know, what is your financial situation? What kind of a commitment you want to make? How much time do you want to spend to get this business up and running? Because the real key to all of this that I've noticed, you know, I read a lot of biographies, a autobiographies of biographies of entrepreneurs and look at their stories. And I mentioned I reverse engineer what they did. And the only common factor I can find, you know, entrepreneurs have every background, every education, every economic circumstance. The only common factor is they did the work. And they just kept doing, kept doing it and kept doing it until something clicked. And that means their idea changed. I've never seen one where the idea was exactly what they thought it would be when they first proposed Mm -hmm. it, you know, that it ended up being the moneymaker, but they stuck with it. And and so I, I say to people, this is all you're going to have to do. Just keep working at this thing. (laughs) So sounds like John's (laughs) truck that he has in the
2: backyard. You just keep working on it, working on it. Don't don't give up. (laughs) Never (laughs) give up. (laughs) Well, how do you get them? Keep them from uh, having that analysis paralysis. It's like, oh, I got Mm -hmm. it. I I haven't covered all the angles, and I'm not ready to go until right,
3: right. And we all know you can't do
2: that. It's it's, you cannot
3: launch. So I, I like incremental iterations of the idea. So I always, and this is where it comes in to sort of take this big picture look at what online business really is. When I say you have an idea, we're gonna start putting it out there. Now, again, it's time or money, right? So there's an organic approach where, let's say, you're going to post a couple of things on social media, ask some questions, see what kind of feedback you get. You could build it up over time. And eventually, let's say it's a course and eventually say, okay, would you be interested in taking a course around this and so on and so forth? Or you could buy ads, right? So whatever, you know, whether you have time or money, you're going to do an organic approach or you're going to do an advertising based approach. But each time you're going to just put out a snippet. And see what the reaction is and you're going to keep coming back and building on that and one of the things i notice that happens is people you know that momentum comes into place when you start getting those first positive reactions so you got to get those first positive reactions now the haters i clay i say are bots so you could ignore the haters everybody saying good things about you is obviously your community and everybody saying bad things about you are bots so you could ignore them so you can continue to put There's a lot
0: of freaking bots out there.
3: (laughs) There are a lot. There are a lot. Asshole bots. Yes, (laughs) 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 there are, and that's the thing. I've tried to think of a way to manage that because I know that, especially when people are starting, if they put something out there and um, the bot. Get them, and then it's just so devastating. Like some of us, over time, we build up our thick skins, and we could care less and everything. That's why I came mm-hmm. up with this bots thing because I just want people just to stop thinking that these are real people. <laughs> just, yeah. just you know, they just ignore them. Uh, and I know it's impossible because we're not even you know evolutionary. What we're not we're wired that way. We're wired for survival. So even some innocuous in person, you know, we online that we've never heard of. Sure. Um, that that's still a threat. Like that's still registered in our brain as a threat, just the same way the saber toothed tiger did. But, um, there's not much you can do about that except keep working through it. And again, get those momentum reactions, which are the positive reactions. Get the, the first people who say, yes, I want a course in that. Or yes, I would pay for that. Or yes, I want a book about that. Um, you can get those initial ones. That's your momentum. And that's how you keep going. And th- that's your research as well. So I always tell people the research goes on forever. So you you, even if they say, oh, I need to do more and I just do more. So, yeah, you could do that later. Like, let take what you've got so far, put that out there and then keep going with the next thing and put that out there. And people will see they'll build over time and see what where this business idea is really going based on the actual actions, you know, the actual things that are happening when they put something out there.
0: So, case okay, so I want to take us backwards again because I'm mm-hmm. kind of slow and I'm just kind of catching up to the brilliance <laughs> of something like a really you said.
3: Big company, you
0: know, <laughs> just very slow, <laughs> slow, and, slow. And, and not effective at all, <laughs> yeah, and nobody <laughs> likes me. So, yeah, I guess you could say I'm like a big company. Um, no, you, you, you had st- <laughs> <laughs> you like that, don't you, Darren? Um, you had stated you, you'd read about mm-hmm. all these entrepreneurs, and the one yeah. thing that you distilled that they all had in common mm-hmm. was was this ability to work. Right. And and this really hits home with me because I think a lot of times people think about entrepreneurs as somebody with like this grand idea. Yes. You know like oh I invented something or I'm going to come up with this new way to do something. And in reality nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. The vast majority of entrepreneurs are people that say, "You know what? I want to start a painting company mm-hmm. and I want to paint houses." Mm-hmm. and the the opportunity that i see is that i'm going to uh i'm going to return phone calls when people call me <laughs> i'm going to do the job mm-hmm. right you know it doesn't have to be like this ground breaking no. stuff it doesn't have to be this huge yeah. idea it can just be i see an opportunity mm-hmm. and i am going to risk it and i'm going to go for it and yeah. i i have certain things that i want to do in this business. And we talked about that whole unemployable or, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that drive that you had a lot of times that just manifests where you work for a company let's, let's use the painter. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is a person that worked for another painter and got pissed because they saw the boss wouldn't call people back or did shoddy work. And I can't do, I can't deal with this. I got to go do my own thing. Yes. Right. And, and it can be as simple as that. So in, We've we've we love entrepreneurs. I mean, that's what this this show was really founded on. Yeah. But I, I I don't know. I just I, I sometimes worry that people think about themselves like, oh, I'm not really an entrepreneur because I don't have a right. big idea.
3: Right. Like, you don't have to. Right. And I really try and stress that with people, especially now in this day and age. You, you, an entrepreneur is not this, you know, the guy in the garage who's some genius can inventor type thing. And, you know, there that still person still exists. But today, what you have online is the ability to become an entrepreneur overnight because you have something to offer. And you, and you don't. A lot of people say, well, what could that be? And it's like, well, you know something more than some other person and the the scope of products and services. And I will say to people, I will challenge them and say, okay, let's go through it. What are all of the things that you have said in the past that you could do better than, than it is exists right now? What are all the products that and services that you said you wish that this existed or you wish that that existed? How many times have members of your family or your friends or so on said that they wish for this or they wish for that? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. you're that person who said, yeah, I, I, you know, I could recommend this or whatever. Like how many times? And so- this is where your opportunity lies in today's business world is you can see gaps. You know and I and I'm telling everybody's got I can I mean, I, you know what is sort of Drifting along in perfect harmony with the world, that everything is exactly all that they need, um, especially right now, right? And oh, so you know you. Oh, see are you kidding? Twenty twenty mm-hmm. has
0: been bliss. <laughs> I've never been happier. Yeah,
3: I'm just I'm just <laughs> coasting. Got in fact, me, I think if, if you were
0: coasting, if, just, if you
3: were that excited, twenty twenty probably knocked you off because <laughs> right. you, you were like in twenty nineteen, you thought everything was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think twenty twenty yeah. might have been a wake a lot, up though. A lot different. Well, yeah. you
2: just said you, you know you listen to your family and what they tell you, what they wish. And so Mm -hmm. I think a good business for me would be to, how to get people to move out of their house that you don't want (laughs) there anymore. Because my parents told me that, when the hell are you getting out? (laughs) Why are you still here? You're 15, isn't it? I think it's time for you to move on, you know? Darren Flanagan's boot in the ass business. We can't wait till you're 18 and finally get
0: the hell out of here. (laughs) We'll get your teenagers out of the house, folks.
3: (laughs) I think the way to well, hey, why adult, not? Like what they? about a matching service for um, you know, adults living at home who are getting kicked out and then they sort of get together and start a new family together. So you can do something <laughs> we, like that. we on.
0: match we match eligible adults with responsibility
1: yeah. and get them the hell out of your house. For <laughs> <laughs> snowflakes RS. <are us. laughs>
2: holy smokes
3: Anyway, to something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there we go so do you but, prefer working with people hold on let me, k- okay. before we move yeah. Jake wants so to us keep going with it no 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 I, <laughs> he's already playing Darren, <laughs> Darren's good. ready to move on but I, I really he's gonna be like hold on I just figured it out <laughs> how do I send <laughs> out
0: I'm slow okay you gotta slow it down slow it down to my speed frankly okay um I, I one of the things we have talked to many entrepreneurs on this show, to be perfectly honest, that I don't even really know that they had an idea. Mm. Just really I mean doing like, it
2: was just like, "Oh wait, I'm
0: just going to do it. Oh here I am. And, and for yeah. them, the art of entrepreneurship came in them taking a risk mm-hmm. as you said, seeing opportunity, not necessarily having a big idea or any idea at all, just, "Wow, there's an opportunity. I'm going to roll the dice." And then, as you said, working harder than everybody else. Yes, yeah. just how hustle. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's you know, and and it's just continuously doing the work. So I think people get scared. Oh, hustle! I gotta do hustle. But um, all it means is just keep going <laughs> until you make a million dollars or whatever your goal is. Like
0: actually, you know yeah. what? That's a great point because I think sometimes too people will see like the. Uh, the Instagram or the LinkedIn hustle guys that are out there like, you know, yeah. look at me and my gold and my jets and this is what hustle looks like. You're absolutely right. What what you're talking about, and it's something that I know that I've experienced, it's, you know, you have those days that just knock the wind out of you. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Why am I doing this? I just had 30 setbacks. I have no guaranteed paycheck. The world just threw sand in my face.
2: Mm -hmm. And I got to get up and do this again tomorrow. That's when Mm -hmm. you call Mr. Winnie and what's he say to you? Get up, snowflake. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Quit crying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want me to bring you up some pampers? And then he goes back and he punches
2: the clock at his job.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very employable.
0: Yeah,
2: and <laughs> <laughs> he likes
1: it that way. It's not for well, everybody. No, but
0: but it, but I mean seriously, getting back to the point, mm-hmm. I think that this is really important for people to understand when we're talking about entrepreneurs, we may not even be talking about somebody with an idea. We're talking about somebody right. with the ability to just see opportunity, get out there and do it and deal with setbacks and then yeah. come back and keep going and keep going and when you when you feel like it, it, it's not going to work out you know, yeah. oh, my gosh, why am I doing this? It's so stupid. Keep going. Keep going.
3: Yeah. And, it, and I'm, glad yeah. I, I'm glad you made that point. Yeah, I'm um, glad you made that point. I use a definition. OK, I still flash back to the diplomatic core sometimes, but I use the, the UN's definition is just that it's the entrepreneur creates an op- uh, sees an opportunity, allocates resources. So that's either your time or your money or other people's time, other people's money and then creates value. So that's really what it is about. Right.
0: It is. And it's really that simple. And yes, sometimes entrepreneurs do have big ideas and sometimes Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, you know, knock it out of the park and create unimaginable wealth like Jeff Bezos. Sure. I mean, that guy saw an opportunity when when all of us thought the Internet was this stupid thing that we just got on chat rooms for. Yeah. he has. Oh, we can make this a store. And we're all like. Well,
3: you know, it's even narrower <laughs> than that. you sell story.
0: books online? Really? Probably <laughs> lives with his parents. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> who's laughing now? <laughs>
3: but yeah, like I, I point out to people a lot because I love the Netflix story and the Amazon story. And they both mm-hmm. actually are the, are the same sort of niche um, origin story, if people remember. Like Amazon, Amazon not only was delivering books, but it was delivering books that people couldn't find. And a lot of the people who can't, or who are that kind of serious reader, are people with money. So the best thing to do is find a product for that people with money want to buy, right? Oh, well, yeah. And if you That's remember, I don't know how far back you know you guys go, but for Netflix, Netflix wanted to beat Blockbuster, and so what? What Blockbuster had all the blockbusters in the store. They didn't have the indie films. They didn't have the foreign films. They didn't have the, you know, cons, uh, pre-winning, you know, prize-winning films. And so who, again, who was looking for those movies? Rich people who want to, you know, have something different. They want to be able to say to their friends, oh, no, we didn't watch the latest blockbuster. We watched the latest, you know, Italian whatever. So uh, Netflix built their business on that niche group of people who were looking for what they couldn't find. And Amazon built their business on probably the same people who were also looking for what they couldn't find. And what they were able to do, of course, was transition it into something much bigger for a lot more people.
0: So I always... All I can think of is the Monopoly man walking into Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Do you have any terrible films that have won a bunch of awards that nobody has seen? <laughs> uh, no, but we have Batman.
3: Right. I've copies of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm.
0: I'll take my millions elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it, it, you know what? It, I've never heard anybody verbalize it that way, but mm-hmm. if you are going to go into business, you may as well target people with money.
1: <laughs> yeah. a or, place or, never really thought of it that way but yeah. yeah or an essential service you know like you said painting right you know, roofing trash mm-hmm. yeah you know but mm-hmm. if you yeah. work harder it's it might not have to be an original idea but if you work harder at, at it than the next guy you're probably going to be successful
3: yeah. yeah and yeah making yourself visible getting yourself out there making offers doing more over delivering mm-hmm. absolutely Having a great yeah.
1: online presence
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's it's doing the stuff you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can figure that part out, whatever business you've decided to go into, you're probably going to find success.
3: Yes. I yep. say
0: probably because there's still people like Darren that would do it, but it's Darren.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> It just happens. It's, I don't know. Hmm. don't know how that worked out. We got to take a quick, uh, quick mention here. Yes. Oh, my God. We we finally, I'll just move on to a second beer. Sorry, Case. Okay. Okay, so this and one's really good.
1: I moved on a, quite a while oh, yeah, ago. Yeah, you did.
2: You were quick. So we had this last week, actually. This is the Fest beer. This a is a German, German lager, and it is lighter in color than that dark beer. It's got later hosen on the label. Oh, yeah.
0: No this now.
2: This has been released. So they had their official release last week, and you can find this in the package store and at like. I actually, I actually bought some at the store. Cool.
0: And what I like about this beer, I love Oktoberfest beers. This is not a Marzen; it's actually a, a Lager. So it's very similar to a Marzen, but it's not exactly a Marzen. Right. What I like about its it's got kind of like that that rich, caramely. Flavor mm-hmm. that a Martian does, but it's not so over the top. Mm-hmm. This is actually really, really good. Um, it reminds me of um, Sierra Nevada. They they make a Oktoberfest beer that's very similar to this. And if you remember, we, we actually reviewed that beer very early in the podcast, like yep. way back when we were actually doing beer reviews. Mm-hmm. And that one surprised me because it wasn't so rich. Because mm-hmm. I like Oktoberfest beers, but I can typically only drink one because they're so rich and bloaty. Yeah. <laughs> like drink when you're like, "Oh my god, I I feel like I just ate." <laughs> but this one I could actually drink more than one, so.
1: Yes, I think I'll
0: have another. And speaking
1: there. of which, Mr. Thank Winnie
0: you. would like another one. Yeah. Look at which that. Which one? The fest beer. Okay. Yeah. He's feeling very German today. Thanks. Sorry, Case. We wish you were here because this beer is so good.
3: Yeah, you got to be thinking about Oktoberfest in uh, Munich. Oh, oh so sad.
1: <laughs> no, not going this can't year, can't social huh? distance there.
3: Oh, no, you no. can but a lot of fun. And when they get to reopen again, And highly recommend it to beer lovers or, or people just like a good party. Oh, yeah.
0: Couldn't, I mean, shouldn't <laughs> we like absolve? events where heavy drinking occurs from social distancing because I mean listen, there's no way COVID's getting through all that alcohol.
1: I agree a hundred percent.
0: I mean if there's agree. if there's a disinfectant I just drank about thirty gallons of it.
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I yeah, the yeah, only sickness
0: you're gonna easy. have
2: is a hangover.
1: <laughs> just,
0: yeah. uh,
2: so where are yeah. we back with uh no, we're just thinking about beer. Going to the <laughs> park there. So, do you, case my next question for you after we Jake digress there was, do you prefer to work with? Do you have a preference of working with people with a that are trying to launch a product or a service?
3: I um, actually no preference for me because I'm at the very, very beginning of the process. So I, like I, I imagine I prepare people for online business in general. And the things that I go through with people are very uh, similar for either product or service. It's all around, you know, get your business idea. Um, How to do the research, how to connect with people, getting your schedule set up, getting your action plan. I always call it an action plan in place, you know, finding the activities you need to do and just working through it. So whether that's a product or a service can go either way. Um, I think one thing, though, for products is that you have to have a product. (laughs) And so um, there are some people who think, oh, this would be great, whether it's a physical product or a digital product, it still has to exist. It has to be created somehow. And if you're creating it yourself, then obviously you have to take the time to do that. And if you're outsourcing it, you still have to manage it. I mean, there's a lot of great outsourcing um, companies that are available. They're there's a bit of a, it, mm-hmm. you have to work your way through to find good people. So if you're going to outsource the creation of your product, it might take you longer than you think because you think, oh, it's, I'm just going to outsource it. will be, be done quickly, but it's actually could be the opposite because you might have to really go through a lot of people to get it done right. Um, so whereas with a service, you could start right away. Most of the time, you know, you can just, whatever you're offering, you can, if you're going to be an instructor or something like that, you can just start right away. So that's, that's again, part of the discussion when people are trying to decide what to do.
0: So I've got an interesting question for you, Case. Since you mm-hmm. are on the real front end, typically of of somebody thinking about getting into business, mm-hmm. I got kind of a twofold question for you. Number sure. one, how do you or or when do you figure out the difference between somebody that really is an entrepreneur that can get it done and somebody that just likes the idea of being in business for their for themselves and and won't actually succeed? And the second part of that question is, um, you know, how do you how, how do you help somebody give them direction when they're early in the process with ideas without throwing cold water on it you know cuz a lot of times yeah. when people are early in the in the process they're like oh i got this great idea and it's like right. are right, we got to rein this in a little bit we got to crawl before we walk so how do you how do you navigate through those things early in the process
3: yeah and i think well, the two questions sort of go together i and to start with the um the serious person one so that's part of it is that let's see how serious you are let and i, so I walk people through the, the exercises around your your bit your interest and your idea and so on and that says a lot if uh, even if if somebody says i've always wanted to be an entrepreneur it sounds so cool and all of that and then even just the hmm, process of figuring out <laughs> 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 it's
0: not not a very luxurious lifestyle i'll just tell yeah. you
3: you know <laughs> That's a good point. We, we're, we're, no, we're laughing, but I, I do make a point is that if you could find anyone who actually is an entrepreneur that you know, that will talk to you or somebody will recommend some, you know, talk to them. But again, then this goes back to, are you serious about it? Think through your questions. Right. And if somebody sort of goes into a saying, Oh yeah, I had a conversation with so-and-so and how'd it go? Okay, would you, did you ask them this? No. Did you ask them that? No. Just so what are you thinking about? Like, what's in your brain? Did you, have, you didn't think through the, the very questions you should be ans- at asking in order to understand if this is for you. And so the, when it comes to the person's business idea, I don't throw cold water. Um, I let, you know, I'm a full-on capitalist. Let the market decide. So, if you want to put it out there, and who knows? Like again, we're, we're the market is the whole world right now, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody. In the world, has access to the internet and is looking for whatever they're looking for. So, if you've seen an opportunity, we were just talking about this. If you've actually seen a reason why you think your idea makes sense, you saw a gap in the marketplace, you saw a problem, people were talking about it, something like that. Then, yeah, let's take that iterative, iterative process. Now it sounds like I've been drinking, and and put it out. There. <laughs> well, we hope
0: you have. You're on the very and <laughs> business podcast, sure.
3: <laughs> um, you know, let's put it out there what and see what the market says. So, <laughs> it, yep. if you know, and now it's sometimes your MVP, you have a, right. So Look. it's your most viable product. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, minimum, I mean, minimum, yeah, sometimes yeah, you have a viable minimum viable product. product. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you have a good idea though, and you have poor distribution or poor marketing. You know, or you have a good, a good, um, you know, a bad product, <laughs> but you have great marketing, so people get it, they buy it, but they don't tell their friends, so you never scale. Well, this so is this is an important.
0: But this is an important conversation, though, and one one that I really want to have candidly here on the show with you because I have often run into people – because, you know, Darren and I do a lot of uh, business networking in the community. So we talk okay. to people that are already established. We talk to people that are getting into business and, you know, without naming any names. Um, mm-hmm. And if you know who I'm talking about, you can hush. But we'll, we'll talk to people that – um they you can tell they really like you said they like the idea of being a business owner <laughs> you know they're like oh this is going to be so cool i'm going to be the ceo of my own business and in they haven't they haven't done some of the critical things such as really come to grips with how much work it's going to be it's mm-hmm. an enormous amount of work. I don't care what your business is. If you're going into business for yourself, buckle up because you are going to work like you've never worked before. Mm-hmm. And then also the, the MVP thing is a really important one. I, we run into people all the time that, you know, they're they're either consultants or they sell a a quote unquote subscription service or something like that, where it's like, you know, oh, okay, that that sounds interesting. I see what you're getting at. How much does it cost? You know, Mm -hmm. oh, it's three thousand dollars a month.
2: Oh, Oh, Jesus, God, (laughs) Uh, I don't know that I would pay that for it. Well, she said, go after rich people. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I um,
2: but the rich money yeah. is going
0: well, thirty grand for what? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think a lot of times w- when when we meet people early in the process, sometimes I'll meet somebody and I'm like, you know what? Absolutely. This person has what it takes. They are going mm-hmm. to crush it. They're gonna succeed. They're just gonna figure it out. Then other times we'll meet people and we're like, we know. Yeah. Like we just know, like Oh shit. Uh how do I say this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how do I
2: say this and be nice? Or the ones that have been going at it forever and they're like <laughs> and I don't know what to do now and it's like I um, finally made my first 100 yeah. bucks. Right. Go get. Yeah. It. You it's might like, want to go get a job. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
3: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I just put pure numbers on it for people as well. Um I'll say to okay, how much is your product you going to sell it for? And how much money do you want to make? So let's assume that one percent of the people who see your product will buy it. And I always say one percent, and people say, "Oh, well, no, it'll be way more than that." It'd be, yeah, sometimes it might be more than that, and sometimes it'll be zero. Um, so, mm-hmm. so just, let's let's do the numbers. How many? So I'll add yeah, a quick one. Like, let's say you're selling a two dollar book, and you want a million dollars. So you need five hundred thousand people to buy your book. So how many people do you need to show that book too. Well, like 50 million. So if you haven't done the work to get your book in front of 50 million sets of eyeballs, then uh, you shouldn't be surprised that you haven't made a million dollars. And people are like, Oh, <laughs> so,
2: now, when you guys interviewed Jason better. Bassett, it was totally different. That one idea he had back in high school, <laughs> everybody was <laughs> selling condoms. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Every teenage boy, I mean, it was like a hundred percent.
0: Just That's, walk up with a trench coat full of condoms to high schoolers and he's just making but, money hand over
1: fist. Right. But that 1% is pretty, it's realistic. Absolutely. Uh, I, a, a friend of mine yeah. when was in the, uh, he started his own garbage company. And mm-hmm. he would do uh, mailing. What do you call it? Just putting flyers yeah, in mailboxes. Mail. When he was starting, yep. just flyers in yep. mailboxes. And he said, if I put a thousand flyers out, it's almost guaranteed I'll get, you know, one mm-hmm. yeah. percent. So
0: it's a numbers game. Yeah, yeah, yes, really. it
3: is. It is. So I do that with people. I say I run those numbers and say, look. So what have you done so far? You posted once on Facebook. Well, Yeah. Not, <laughs> Let's try into- twice. Let's start <laughs> there. Yeah, there's a reason why some people post 20 times a day, you know, they're, and, and I, I uh, the, the analogy of Hollywood movies is very, you know, it's a good example as well, because you think about the marketing of a big movie, um, they spend almost as much as they did on the movie on the marketing and the stars will show up on every single show. They don't just do one show. They don't just do like the tonight show or whatever they do every single show, every morning show, every radio show. Why is that? Because they're trying to get their message in front of as many people as possible for that percentage, that small percent, even if it's a big, massive movie, you know, it's still a small percent that are actually going to go and see it. And I think people need to realize that. So when you're looking at your idea, what, What's What's the size of your market and how do you get to all of them? And if you have actually done that work and you've gone through and you've done all sorts of marketing activities and promotional activities and so on and still nothing's happening, it's time to tweak your idea or move on to the next one.
0: Well it's it's just really refreshing to have this conversation with you and I hope that our, our listeners are are really paying attention here because I, I just want to share with you something that I've recently experienced. Uh my wife and I, our primary business is real estate. And we've we've done really, really well this year. And we just started in this business last year. And just was it last week or the week before I, I did a training for some people in our office on how to do valuations on homes to tell people what their house is actually worth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm getting all these questions from people like, you know, how, how do you, how are you guys doing so good? Where, you know, what's the secret? How did you figure out how to do these valuations? And and it just, it really kept coming back to work,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah.
0: cause like the whole thing with the, like, You know, even my, my broker was like, you know, you've really gotten good at this. How'd you get good at it? Well, I don't. You do it nonstop. I just, I went to all these trainings. Mm -hmm. I freaking studied it. I read about it. You know, I. I did the work that the other people weren't willing to do. And now I've gotten really good at
2: it. You're a yeah. professional real estate agent. So yeah. you should be professional and understand your business to the best that you can. But it's
0: not that I started out any smarter than anybody or, or I've got oh, the ability we to. We will
2: agree with you there. Absolutely. <laughs> I know
0: you will. You ass. Um, <laughs> the bar was low case. It was very low. Um but the the whole point was I was willing to, to lean in and, yeah. and put yeah. the effort in when others weren't. And yeah. I really think that whatever it is that you're in, if you're just – understand the numbers like you said and you're willing yeah. to just go for it and, and push hard and do the work, you're going to find a way to be successful.
3: Right. And I'm glad you defined what work is and because some people, you know, I, I think I'm not a big fan of the term hard work because to me, hard work is like, you know, digging a six foot deep ditch or something in 100 yeah, degree yeah. weather. Like, that's hard work. But spending an entire day That's crappy work is what that is, <laughs> especially in Georgia work, summers. You know, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> through that hard clay.
3: Yeah finishing an online course from beginning to end that's part of your work and a lot of people don't even do that much they'll yeah. buy the course they'll spend $1000 on a course and they'll start it and that's the end of it you know and so okay you know what now about this subject because right. you only read, you know listen to the introduction and so instead of watching Netflix and hey I'm a huge fan of Netflix I've seen all the stranger things so you know I I I watch Netflix but you you have to make a decision so You wanted to learn about something. You spent $1,000 on a course. So instead of watching Netflix, go through the entire course. Learn what else you need to know about. Apply the course, you know, to your business. See what happens. Make those changes. And that's what the work is. And it's, you know, it's not ignoring where you're spending money or ignoring the results of your your latest efforts you actually have to keep going back to them all the time like every other day how are your ads doing you know, what are your numbers what tweaks do you have to make and it, it could be that you need to change one word in the headline of your ad every other day until it you know until your numbers go up
0: You know, something uh, as I was sitting here thinking about entrepreneurs and this whole idea of work, one of the other things that I've thought of when I when I when I distill my own experience with with entrepreneurs, the ones that are really successful, they seem to have something in common. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Mm -hmm. but they seem to have this really incredible knack to know when to listen to people Mm -hmm. and when not to. And what I mean by that is. Really successful entrepreneurs seem to be a sponge to learn like, hey, listen, I don't have all the answers. Tell me how you do it. And they they just want to learn and and absorb all these different things. But they also know when not to listen when somebody says something like, well, that can't be done or this is the way that it's always been done. And it's like, mm, OK, I don't want to listen to that, but I do want to listen to this person over here that's teaching me something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really interesting. They always seem to have that delicate balance of knowing when to and when not to listen.
3: Yeah. And that's a tough one, especially in the Internet world, because everybody like everything mentioned- on
0: the internet's true.
3: Right. I mean, if they're yeah. living the Instagram lifestyle, right? So obviously,
1: yeah,
3: <laughs> obviously if they've got a, a Lamborghini and a big house and a swimming pool, then everything oh. they're saying about how they did it is correct, right? <laughs> right.
0: Um, <laughs> Assuming those things are theirs,
1: which they're not. Well,
3: I was just going to say. Yeah, um, that guy in the does, infomercial with yeah. the dollar
1: signs on his coat. Yeah. That's that is awesome. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's probably his. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. There's only one of those goats.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could rent everything. Well, uh, yeah, I, I bet you know if you if, if, if they're in Southern California, you could assume that they rented everything from the mansion to the cars. <laughs> yeah. <own. laughs> so, yep. um, but but that yeah that, that that's such a big piece of it that that um, understanding that it's so much more than just that image of what looks like an entrepreneur is it's actually going through and doing the work
0: so in your business case so you you start with people that are new to Mm -hmm. you know an idea or wanting to start a business Mm -hmm. do you do you help them with like the full gamut or do you have like you know one particular area that you specialize in
3: yeah. I'm all about getting set up. And then I don't do these specifics. Like if you're talking if for a special area do you me, like once you want to be a blogger or a podcaster or something like that, do YouTube videos. Yeah. Then you move on from me uh, into one of those areas. So when you want to start to learn, let's say how to do YouTube videos, then you would, I have uh, resources and and direct you. And I, and I also do a lot, you know, because everything changes so fast online. Um, there are obviously some really good people, some really good go- gurus who have got Things set up and taking their course or whatever, I would recommend. But then, uh, when it comes to how, the how-to's, uh, I would certainly go down the research path or whatever the latest thing is, because there's just so much information that's coming out all the time. You know, the latest equipment to use, the latest uh, tricks that people are doing with with apps and all of that. Sure. So I I direct people at, to you know in the direction of their research once they know once they're all set up around their their idea. Their platform, their content, and the community they're targeting, then they go off onto the specific one.
0: So you're really helping them with the the foundational model, absolutely. You know yeah. all the all the things that they need to know about, you know, setting up, you know, structurally what their entity needs to look like, and what their minimum viable product is, and who their target audience is, and all that kind of stuff. You're really helping them just narrow down their their idea into something that could turn into a business.
3: Yeah, because so many people like you know they they say I want to do something but I don't know what I don't know what it means. Like a lot of people say, how do you make money online? Like that's a top question, <laughs> and the most basic answer, especially in the beginning, is advertising or affiliate marketing. And from there, obviously, you go you can do your books or your courses or your software, whatever you're doing. But so a lot of people just have this idea that again they see the Instagram life, they see all the bling, and then you know they'll see legitimate news stories of the six year old kid who's the richest person on YouTube and they want to know how is this possible okay. <laughs> so <laughs> and it just so that's what we go through is that this is how this works and and it's, when you talk p- it's to people, possible you know, because
0: people are willing to watch that mindless
1: dribble we've <laughs> <laughs> talked yeah. about this so many times <laughs> <laughs> know.
3: just that, start, that's <laughs> the way life I is have that stuff streaming on your
2: tv every time now. Time or Something. Yeah. Yeah, so...
3: And people see, you know, I, I talk a lot about value. People say, what's the value of that? I said, are you kidding? Have you ever had a six-year-old? I mean, you stick them in front of those videos, you never hear from them the rest of the day. Yeah, I mean, right, that's yeah. the value. In it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well,
2: unfortunately. So, what if somebody comes to you and they're like, I want to start creating all these online courses on like Udemy? Do you, mm-hmm. do you guide them through that as well? Is that one of your things that you do also?
3: Not, not that kind of a platform. Because what I... Like, in terms of my what I suggest. And again, people might want to go that way if they want to, and we could talk about that. But i I think that the best opportunity for people is to build their brand around their knowledge and control their entire image and where their courses are placed, where their books are placed, like all of that. I mean, obviously you can't control books so much because you're going to use Amazon and everything, but your message and everything, if you can set it up in a way that you're driving people to your website or your landing page, you know, that you're, it's all aligned between your website, your social pages, and you keep that message consistent. It helps you a lot. If you're, if you keep it consistent so that you don't have to be constantly thinking about different ways to present things. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, and you control you're obviously you control your pricing. So then, you can just put things out there again and respond as the market lets you respond based on the value that you're delivering. So I, I prefer I prefer control. And uh, so that's the suggested way that I I talk to people. But I, I do say, you know, if somebody really likes that, like, again, especially if they've used a service, if people really like doing Debbie, and they have really had fun on it or whatever, and that's where they want to go. Yeah, that that's that's another way to approach it, too.
0: So that that actually leads into something I wanted to talk to you about today because you have self-published a lot of books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I also self-published uh, a book. Okay. And the main reason why I chose to do it is because I had some connections in the mm-hmm. business world that I absolutely could have had my book published. But the Mm -hmm. reason why I decided not to is because the, I have a really good friend um, that said that, you know, listen, I will make one call and my publisher will pick your book up. Mm -hmm. And he said, but I'm going to tell you why I suggest you don't. Mm -hmm. He had written a book and he, he used this publisher and he said, as soon as I signed on the dotted line, that book was no longer mine. And what came out is a shadow of what I wrote and I'm, and I'm not proud of it. And that scared the shit out of me because I wanted something that reflected what, what I wanted to share with the world and not what a publisher wanted to share with the world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, there's, maybe it would have been more economically viable for me to do a publisher. Maybe I would have made more money on it. I don't know. But Mm. I just, I, I really liked the idea of owning the intellectual property that went into that work. And not giving that up to somebody that didn't really understand the concept of what I was writing about.
3: Absolutely, I think um, obviously there's a role for traditional publishers still. That is, yeah, and I'm not trying to bash that. that did, so I'm glad you yeah, said that, yeah,
0: but it yeah, just wasn't that, for me.
3: Right, and 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 I think the the great thing that. Yeah. Amazon's platform, Kindle Direct Publishing, the draft to digital the Smashwords, all of these people who allow the writers to go directly to readers have greatly expanded the subjects that are available for people. So even if a traditional publisher might be, you know, good people or whatever... Um, they're not going to be interested because they'll think it's too niche. We're used. You'll be able to actually earn money from it because there is a audience that is just dying for that kind of book. And again, having that control, going directly to your audience, doing what you want with it, setting your own price points. All of that is what it's all about. Now, I know some people who swear by traditional, like they're waiting for their traditional deal and all that kind of thing. That's fine. That's great. Um, that, you know, that's how they want to approach it. But I think for the self-published model, it's it certainly, I think it's a great model. I think it's a, just an amazing opportunity for writers and for readers because it just gives so much more variety of topics that are out there.
0: Well, and I also think too, a lot of times the, the people that may be the right audience mm-hmm. for this, this type of model are entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know people yeah. that are in a certain business that have something to say. Yes, and I one of the things that was really important to me in the beginning. This was my thought process: whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. But I never wanted somebody to to grab one of my books and think I have no idea who wrote this. Mm-hmm.
3: Like if you met
0: me <laughs> and you read my book, I'd want you to know. Yep, that's a guy that wrote it.
3: Nice. Yeah. In
0: it, in my voice. My style, my story, and could a, an editor from a big publisher made it slicker or more consumable to a mass audience?
2: I don't, your I don't know. Maybe to. no. Your book is fine. Your book is really good, but really, but I, I don't was. I didn't want to lose that. If you disagree, John.
1: No, it's just coming from you. I don't.
0: Did I don't you know read what it? To, yeah. Oh,
2: did you like it?
0: Yeah, I did. Well, he bitched about the fact that there was no pictures in it, but uh, we got over that. No, it was <laughs> written in crayon too. <laughs> well, Mr. Winnie got a special copy. Um, but it, it, that was really important to me, and I think for for entrepreneurs, if if a book is going to be part of your ecosystem. Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, I don't even know if that's a good term, but part of, you know, as as you're creating clients and part of that is I'm going to send a book or I want to refer people to this book. I think you want people to pick that up and say, yep, this is Darren that wrote this. You know, I I can tell that it's coming from him and it's not coming from a big publisher because I'll be honest with you. So the guy that I'm talking about that had the, that told me that his, his book, like he felt like he lost control of it. When Mm -hmm. I read the book, it didn't at all feel like he wrote it. Wow. It felt like a textbook. It was his concepts, but it wasn't, you could just tell me knowing him, like, dude, he didn't write that book. It felt like a ghostwriter wrote it. Yeah. And, you know, and and I I could understand why he was disappointed in the end product. Yeah. Mm Because knowing him, I think what he probably gave them in the beginning was a better product than what he ended Mm -hmm. up with.
3: That happens absolutely, and, and well, you know, it's also if you can get the rights back and always repackage it. That's the other thing, you know, um, in this online business world. I always tell people you might have an opportunity; it just wasn't presented correctly. So you can have a book out there that's been on Amazon and hasn't done well, and you can put a new cover on it. You can put a new title on it. Uh, you can market it differently, and you could get yourself a big seller after that. So there's a lot of different ways that you can use the uh, the the content, but of course, yes, you have to own it. If, if, if it's given away the, the rights, then you can't do anything with it anymore.
0: So tell us about your latest book. You just uh, released mm-hmm. a book not long ago.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the latest one is called recast. So it's about recasting um, the Hollywood term, but this time to play the a new role in your own life. And that is an online entrepreneur as, as an online entrepreneur. So this is uh, the practical guide to getting started with an online business. And it covers a lot of what we've been talking about. I, I, it's 10, 10 actions. And the first five are the foundational things that you need to do. One thing I notice is a lot of people Come up with this excuse, come up with simple excuses for what is the big problem of not getting started. And it will be things like, well, I couldn't find anywhere to work, you know, and of course, (laughs) pre-pandemic, that was a very good one. They can't use that one as much. People say that? yeah, really? it's just, you, it's, but, it's not a real, but it's not a real, you know, it's it's an excuse. It's a, like, yeah, it's, it's not a. Re- it's not like they really can't find anywhere to work. It's like, yeah. what am I going to say about why I haven't done anything on the business in two weeks? All right? can, I, so can I stop I think, you there? Hold on, can I
2: stop you? And you'll have a co-working office. Anyway, you'll hit a co-working Hold office. Hold on, I, I just have to stop
0: this whole thing. If yeah. that's your excuse, you suck as a human. Like, you can't come up with a better <laughs> excuse. Come on. <laughs> I can't find a place to work. Well... Well, the cash. answer is no. I can't you're find my not, clothes because <laughs> I've been
2: successful. living in my bathroom for the past year, and I don't know where my clothes are. That would be a good reason. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where, no, where did Microsoft
2: start? Garage. Yeah. Where in, did it? Apple start? Garage. Amazon. Were either
0: one of them air conditioned? Probably not.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I guess no. They're on the, no. on the on the yeah, coast. Yeah. So
0: I'm sorry. That just
3: yeah. No. That so blows my think, mind. It does, and I and I think. For, because you know we're, we're entrepreneurial people we think of you know it doesn't matter i could work on the sidewalk in 100 degree weather yes. or whatever that's the only place i had but for some people who are just kind of bouncing around the idea and this is where it gets back to your earlier question around who's serious and who's not and mm-hmm. so this is yeah. when these things start to break down so what i thought i would do with my book recast is just put these things right up front and say here's the fi- foundational things to do if you haven't done this like we're not going any further so it is yeah where are you working Set that up. Have you got all your tools? I mean, when you go to work in an office, HR takes you around and shows you your cubicle or your office, tells you where the extra paper is, shows you where the coffee is. Okay, do that for yourself at home. Like, don't say you ran out of water and you couldn't do any more. Get your schedule. I mean, when you go to work in in an office you have a set schedule. Like you might not formally put it down on paper, but you know what time you have to get up in order to get to the office on time. Yep. So do the same thing for yourself as an entrepreneur working on your own. What time you getting up, what time are you going to start working? What is the time you've set aside? And make sure that schedule does not clash with the family. So that becomes another excuse. You know, oh, I mm-hmm. forgot. You know, I scheduled a call when my kid's practicing the piano. Like, don't do that. <laughs> just don't do it. Like, upfront, set up the schedule, clear it with the whole family, and all your distractions, remove all distractions. And again, not just in the house. But if you're working at home for the first time, and again this was more applicable pre-COVID, but if you're working at home for the first time, you didn't realize that I don't know, garbage pickup comes by at Tuesday afternoons and then they make a lot of noise outside and you're trying to do a call. You have to know those things. And it sounds really simple, but I just want all that out of the way up front because once you've done that, once you've done all those foundational things, it also gives you momentum. You start thinking like an entrepreneur, you start making it real. Your whole family suddenly realizes you're serious about this thing because you're telling them they got to get out of that, you know, corner of the basement you're going to use right now. Um, you, you, You upgrade your Wi-Fi, like whatever it is. And now we can get started. Business idea, research, your connections, who you're going to talk to. What does your action plan look like? And then what are those activities? And you start on the first activity. So that's what I go through and recast. And you get through those 10 actions and you're thinking like an entrepreneur, you're working like an entrepreneur and your business is moving forward.
0: That's really cool. It's it's funny that you say that about the the work environment, the home, because, mm-hmm. you know, millions and millions and millions of people have experienced this for the first time ever with yeah. all the jobs that required people to work from home. Yeah, And it is a special kind of discipline to yes. work in your
2: home. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have family too. Yeah. So the family oh, has to absolutely. understand that you're working, you know, you're working and it's like, mm-hmm. you need to leave me the hell alone. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. working.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I put it right up front. I say remove distractions, and that includes the family. Now, obviously, you can't kick them out. I assume. Can't but- just oh, <laughs> the door locks.
2: Kick them outside and lock the doors. I do. Yeah. Let them back yeah. in at lunch <laughs> and uh, dinner. But yeah, it- and
3: even if you decide to work somewhere else, like uh, uh, if your coffee like a shop open, space. Yeah, yeah, or a co-working space, but you got to go check it out. Like a lot of people, are like I'm going to work in a local coffee shop, and then it's like, so did you get any work done? Oh no, because it was too noisy. Okay, why did you want to work there in the first place right. again? Mm. You know. <laughs> Like, yeah. So I always that whole foundational part, I always say, some people it takes them half a day and they're all set to go. Other people it takes like two weeks to figure this all out. But still, as long as you get it done, I, I, I'm good with it.
2: Still <laughs> Just, deciding whether I'm going to use legal size pads or letter size pads. <laughs> <laughs> do I use blue pen, black
3: pen? I don't know. I'll, about
2: two yeah. more weeks, I'll have this figured yeah. out.
3: Now sure we're, la- we're laughing at my second career professionals because that's where a lot of um, – my people come from in the sense that they're, they're working in corporate. They've been in corporate for a while and they do have all those habits and they do have all that stuff they're used to. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of a way to sort of break that originally called the book life after corporate actually. And then I changed it to recast and it was just to try and break that thought pattern and to think more entrepreneurial instead of thinking of that being that lifetime corporate professional.
0: So as you look back over um, your, your experience helping other entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. do you have, you know, one or two examples that just really stick out that, you know, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, this all makes sense. This is, this is worth it. This is what I was meant to do.
3: Yeah, I for me, it is simply when people actually do break all of these um, excuse patterns <laughs> that we've been talking about and actually turn around and get that business up and running. That that's the, the key to everything. And for me, that that's what makes it worthwhile, because I think would I started this because I looked at what was. Ice could find and what was available and I chased all those shiny apples and I chased all of that, um, raw, raw stuff you get online because I assumed, Hey, that's, that's what's out there. And all these people are the gurus and they know what they're talking about. And so they must be right. And then when things didn't work out the way that the pictures presented it mm-hmm. I said what you know what's missing what's missing and I started just delving into this I got to figure this out because people are asking me they want to understand this and I really really want people to consider entrepreneurship for the bigger picture as well which is the fact fact that the economy, I mean, not just COVID, pre-COVID, the economy was changing already. Uh, you know, a lot of jobs are just going to disappear forever. Technology is going to take over. You, and if you, if you want a good life, I'm assuming you want a good life and you don't want to be um, suffering, but you, you want to. That'd be kind of okay. At, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, you, you, you want to, to sort of to to give yourself an opportunity. So if you have this opportunity, like online business is an, an incredible opportunity and you can actually do it and earn, you know, no guarantees of course, but earn extra income, you know, really use your skills the way that you want to get that lifestyle freedom. I'd love to show people that yes, it's possible. And so when people start actually moving forward with it, that's what really makes it worthwhile. And and I think it's absolutely critical for the future. I think we, we've we really seen it this year that online is the way to go, that this is how you're going to need these skills anyway. You, you might not have thought you'd need Zoom. You'd never heard of Zoom until a few months ago. And now you realize you do need the skills. And, and no matter what, I think a lot of companies are sort of looking at a, a an online future, you know, in, in any way that this works out. So, it's absolutely critical. And, I, and, I, and that's what, what I really enjoy about it is, is helping people realize that this is, this is the way we're going and then giving them a path to get there yep. that they can actually implement and make it work for them.
0: Well, Case, I want to I talk to our listeners right now and in, in really drive home a point. I think what you're doing, the, the main business model you have in, in helping people with ideas, bring them to fruition and, and start their business is paramount. I oh, think yeah. it's it's really important and so often you know we run into to local entrepreneurs that haven't done the work that you're talking about doing up front. Yeah. And they find out after they've spent money or spent time, sometimes significant amounts of money, mm-hmm. and they realize like oh gosh, I don't know what I'm doing and m- many times it could be catastrophic and mm-hmm. it the the one thing that i we have talked about on this podcast many times and i think is so critical is that when you go into business for yourself it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it, it's very rewarding it's great i'm i'm being facetious but you're gonna have days where you think to yourself why in the world am i trying this it's it's gonna yeah. feel like the whole world's coming down mm-hmm. yes. you fail i i can't tell you how many times even in our real estate business today like last year there was many times where i was throwing my hands up like well it's time to find a job cuz this sucks i'm not i'm not making any progress and you were going to feel like a failure sometimes yeah. you're going to feel lost you're going to feel frustrated it's going to be difficult but as you stated earlier in our conversation what separates the the successful is those that just figure out a way to keep going And one of the ways that I believe that you can keep going is in the beginning, foundationally understand what it takes. Because, you know, when I think back to my, our real estate business, the one thing that kept me going on the worst days, what is this? Like, okay. Bourbon well besides bourbon cuz that does help a <laughs> lot okay i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but the one thing that helped me case mm-hmm. was i i had i taken the time and i understood a lot of the things that 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 you teach people mm-hmm. and i had a vision in my head i understood the pieces i understood the business model i knew what it was going to take in the days where life just kicked me in the teeth and i had sand thrown in my eyes and i thought everything was was really screwed up it's like i'd go back and i'd say okay i know that this formula can work and it will work if I just keep going and just that belief in that, in, in the, the security and knowing that, okay, if I keep going, eventually it's going to work out. That many times was the only thing between me and quitting Yeah, is just knowing that that foundation was strong. So I really think that if you're interested in going into business or you've got an idea, you should, you should seek case out or, or somebody like her that can help
2: you, Get your shit together. And Case, what is your
3: website? It's readyentrepreneur.com.
2: Readyentrepreneur.com.
3: Well, hell, that's easy
2: to remember. Even so. Darren could
0: remember that. <laughs> yeah. What is it again, Darren? Readyentrepreneur.com. See, if Darren can remember it, anybody can. So,
1: so Case is going to help me rent that Lamborghini in the mansion in yes. Southern California. And yes. I'm going to start an Instagram account. And that's my whole business plan. That's it. And just have a huge party. <laughs> Have you been sleeping?
3: He's
1: (laughs) an
0: Instagram entrepreneur, folks.
3: I hate to say this, but business is to teach other people how to show that they have an Instagram life when they don't really have one. (laughs) (laughs) How to rent rent a van. Contact me so you can work anywhere in the
2: world by learning our secret method, whatever that might be. Yeah. Can I call? Yeah, Bullshit
3: but, <laughs> a little <yeah>. bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think we should really emphasize that. When I see those, the one proven way to do things and the only way that it works and all of that, I just want to tell people you know, everything is working online right now, especially right now. There are mm-hmm. still billions of people reading blogs. There are Tens of millions listening to podcasts. There are millions... E- people are opening their email. Like who says email is dead? Like everyone's opening their email every day. Works for day. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously YouTube. Every so you, wh- whichever. Platform you're interested in, you think you can make your mark on? They're all wide open right now, and everything is available to to take your shot. So, you just have to get started.
0: Listen, I open every Harbor Freight email that comes to me. I don't know about you, Mister Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you uh, if you know how to execute in in your said medium, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, good. I'm in. Well, it, very refreshing case in in your book, uh, your latest book, and all your books are available on Amazon, right? Yeah.
3: On Amazon. Um, the latest one is, is exclusively on Amazon, but every almost everything else is everywhere that ebooks are sold. But the latest book is called Recast. Okay.
0: So the latest book is Recast. Um, sounds really interesting. I'm going to read it. I'm, I'm excited about it. But I guess you could probably go to Amazon and just search for Case Lane and find all your books, including the fiction work, too. Yes, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So if you're interested in future world thrillers, political thrillers. <laughs> cool. I kind of like the that.
1: political thriller genre, okay, because it sounds fuddly well as the only non-entrepreneur in the room (laughs) i probably will
3: (laughs) a
0: non-entrepreneur you're a freaking podcaster you idiot what the
3: hell oh yeah podcasting is (laughs) that You know, this industry is, is another one where uh, so much opportunity for anybody who knows anything about podcasting yeah. because everybody wants, and that's not just podcasts for entrepreneurs, but every profession, it's really interesting oh. how pretty much everyone is talking about starting a podcast. Exactly. So, but, yeah, they're, they're And we have stood the test of, of time. We're yeah. we're coming up on two years, yeah, that's man. That's right. Thick and Fantastic. Thin. Yeah.
2: Oh, we got to go big beers. Yeah. We got to, we got to do oh, big beers yeah, on the two year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. This is your life kind of episode. We need to shuffle in past guests. Yeah, we should. That's that's going to be a good one.
0: All well, Case, long. we really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, what 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 I really liked about our conversation today is that I think we verbalized some things that maybe we've, we've kind of talked about in the past, mm-hmm. but not really as directly. And um, it, it, to me, it drives a lot of points home about what it takes to be an entrepreneur and to get started. So, and uh, I hope this has been valuable to you guys as well. Case. Um, Thank you, Case. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And in case, you actually uh found us, you you clicked be on the show from the website, did you not?
3: Beyond yes, yeah, <laughs> I think I think I clicked all over the website, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so yeah. folks, Case clicked be on the show. You can go to beer.business. There's a link to be on the show. Case clicked it. She got on the show. Was it hard?
3: No, you don't, know, not when you have that kind of direct invitation, if I can call it an invitation. Um, yes. I, I have been doing this process, um, reaching out and a lot of podcasters with their websites, they don't have anything. So you kind of have to guess and use their contact me form or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys with a, with a very clear, uh, introduction to, to, uh, be on the show or the, in, the invite there and just, you know, fill it out and so on. I thought, I, I really like that process. I think that is very, very helpful for potential guests.
0: And how much did we charge you to be on the podcast?
3: <laughs> well, I, I got a beer and up uh, no, it, right? it,
0: for... it was free dollars, right? Three
3: dollars. <laughs> I'm It was three dollars. And uh, yeah, I had a great, great experience. This is a wonderful conversation, guys. Really appreciate it. Are we your new favorite podcast? Say yes. Yeah, say absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> you no, know, I'm serious. The, I, I try and tell people again, especially when they're in the early stages of of entrepreneurship and aren't quite sure, I will say to people, besides, I love to read, so I'm always throwing out books to read. But now increasingly, especially since I've been on a few podcasts for entrepreneurs and I say, you know, you've got to listen to these other conversations that are going on. Sure. It's one thing to listen to all the top 100. They're all talking to each other and they're talking about the same stuff. And I love all all the gurus. They're all fabulous. Um, But the the next, you know, the, the conversations that are going on on shows like this are the kinds of conversations that you just wish you could have had, you know, when you're growing up or thing you know, if, right. yeah. yeah. these, if only
0: somebody would have told me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could, you know, if you guys were my next door neighbors, we would have been having these conversations all the time, right? So yeah. yep. and now you again with podcasting, there's this incredible opportunity for people. I, I can't stress it enough. I'm obviously a big geek on the whole online business world, but um you as a listener who's thinking entrepreneurship and you're not sure. You subscribe to this podcast, you're in business. You t- listen to what people are saying, uh, take notes if you want to, but just start absorbing the entire concept around entrepreneurship and what it means. And I think it will just help you in your transition and your recasting, and and just help you become that thinking entrepreneur that you want to be. And then when you actually go to do the work, you won't be surprised. Um, you'll and you'll just keep going, and you'll actually get your business up and running.
0: And, and speaking of podcasts,
3: you have one too, right? Yes, I have the Ready Entrepreneur podcast. Yes.
0: So where where can our listeners find the Ready Entrepreneur podcast?
3: Yeah, uh, you can find it everywhere that podcasts are. I make a big point to try to get it every directory. So if you find one that's not that I'm not in, but the the Ready Entrepreneur podcast is Apple Podcast, Stitcher, um, Pandora, Spotify, all of them. And, oh, good. Uh, so and i good. So Darren will be able to find it. Even Darren
0: can find it. That's (laughs) awesome. If I can find it, (laughs) if if Darren can find it, folks, you can subscribe too. Okay,
3: I talk about what we've been talking about: uh, getting started as an entrepreneur and uh, different types of tips and things to do like that. So awesome. Well, listen, Case,
0: we really appreciate your time today. This has been a really fun conversation. I learned uh, several things today. I know Darren did just because he learns all the time.
2: (laughs) When I wake up in the morning and I breathe, (laughs) I start learning.
3: It. <laughs> should always be learning and thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. It's great.
0: And folks, we want to remind you you need to support Line Creek Brewing because they make this possible. They do. And yeah. they, you know, make the conversation better because we drink their delicious beer and get loose, loosened up, you Ooh, know. that's correct. Yeah. So delicious. if you're in the Atlanta area, go to your local package store. If you don't see it there, Darren, what should they do?
2: They might want to go all the way down to Lagrange because they have it down in that area too. No,
0: you just ask the person, the manager working there.
2: Oh, Oh, they have other options. You ask nicely for them to carry Line Creek in their store. Carry Line Creek before I smash all the bottles in your shop.
0: Exactly. Because I will. I I will smash every bottle in this place. Don't do that.
2: (laughs) Get them with honey. (laughs) I will drink every bottle in this place. Without (laughs) paying for it. There's Darren.
0: Yes. But no, if it, and you know, obviously you can buy it at, at your local bottle shop or grocery store, or you can go to the brewery, North which brewery. is in Petri City. It is open. David. I was yeah. just in there the other day, had a beer. It was great. They're going to start doing crowlers now.
2: Hello. yeah, there yet, nice. I think, but I just saw on the shelf the other day, they've got a mm, little crowler.
0: Love me some crowlers. Nice. So buy some Line Creek Brewing. I highly recommend that you don't buy Fest beer. Don't buy this beer. You don't want this. What? Yeah, because I want it all. No, I don't want them to buy it because I want them <laughs> More to, for don't me. More. <laughs> so please, don't, don't buy it, folks. Buy every other beer but except Fest beer. I don't hey. want you to buy that. Family-friendly, dog-friendly. Please. More for <laughs> me. More for me. Um, yes, I don't think you can go wrong, but gosh, you got to try Fest beer. And this freaking Renegade launches Saturday. Make sure you're there yeah. at the launch. Delive. And Hey, we've been joined in studio today by Muldo finally yes he's finally here if you're looking on the video i'm playing with a freaking mule um <laughs> well as we said he's on every can and the other and i have to specify because if i said i was playing with a jackass everybody think i'm talking about darren yeah but it's a mule yeah so, gotcha. so,
2: and he's for sale actually at the brewery
0: <laughs> oh they have him for sale Uh huh. oh dude that's so cool so he's got a little lion creek shirt on how cute is that? that i see that jake
2: you do <laughs> yes Thank you, Mr. Winnie. We better make sure Jake doesn't take Mule to <laughs> home with him tonight.
0: Oh, boy, that'd be bad. Well, Case, thanks, thanks again for coming thanks.
2: on. Can, this has can been I, awesome.
3: Sorry, could I quickly throw in my connection to Peachtree City, which is just yes. so because it just reminded me when you said it. Yeah, I, I did two weeks in Peachtree City as uh, we, we did a change management seminar or whatever retreat. Well, that's what it was, a change management retreat. So I once lived at Peachtree City for two weeks. So I just wanted to throw that in. Or,
0: did you stay at the uh, Peachtree City Hotel? Resort. Yeah, with
3: a big conference center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People beautiful. were always golf carts. I remember that. There were a lot of golf carts. <laughs> yeah, a lot of golf carts.
0: <laughs> well, next time you're in town, you got to look us up and we'll take you to Lion right. Creek and we'll get you a delicious beer.
3: That sounds fantastic. And thank you again. Thank you. Great interview. Thank you, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.
0: Uh, Mr. Winnie, this is your... No. See ya. Hey, Jesus, have you... He's what? been gone a month. He doesn't even know how to sign off on the show anymore. I'm on vacation. See ya.